to another episode of the M&M Hockey Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Alex Metzger. Along with me is my co-host, Chase McCallum. We took last week off because Chase was sick and there wasn't a ton to talk about until we realized there was a decent amount to talk about. Um, since the last time we recorded, I believe there's been a bunch of extensions that we didn't get to. So we're going to do a bunch of those today. We'll start with the oldest one. It was a couple RFAs. I don't think we're going to have too many thoughts on this by now, but uh, we, we figured we'd break it down anyways. And... Um, so the first one that we didn't get to was the Kyle Connor and Mika Rantanen extensions and Patrick Line as well. So I guess we'll do the two Winnipeg ones first. Kyle Connor signs for seven years, uh, AAV of just over $7 million. And then Patrick Line signs for two years at an AAV of just under $7 million. What are your thoughts on both of these and from both the player and the team perspective? Um... <laughs> Winnipeg's just a mess right now, eh? Yeah, I mean, I guess this like, we can get into the overarching thing because I don't even think we've gotten to the Buffalo thing, but uh, the decor is not good. Uh, so yeah. Dustin Bufflin shows up at camp, and you know, a couple week, a week or two before the season goes, yeah, I'm not sure if I'm going to play or not, and um, you know, it's still to this, he still isn't skating yet. It sounds like that Winnipeg has to actually try and convince him to come, but there's also been reports now that he hasn't skated all summer, so like. So even if he does come back, he might not be. Yeah, I mean, even look at, you know, I know Nylander didn't take the entire year like some people think to adjust, but he took a couple games to get used to NHL playing time, and he was taking good care of his body throughout the entire process. I mean, I can't imagine not skating for a summer and then trying to play NHL competition. Yeah, also, not only was he a decade younger, I'm willing to bet, just like to begin with, Nylander was probably in better physical shape than Dustin Well, Bufflin's just a tank, right? Yeah. So, yeah, um... But yeah, so like, I mean, if we want to talk about uh, Winnipeg's decor right now, Josh Morrissey's hurt as well, and Kulikov's on a personal leave. So like, these guys have Sammy Niku, Billy Elena, and the boys maybe. just kind of riding shotgun. Like, it's it's crazy. And I mean, they're so far they're uh, not doing horribly either. Uh, they're three and two to start the year, and that include an insane comeback against the New Jersey Devils, yeah. where they scored like five unanswered. Don't but, remind me. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't like. This team's in trouble, especially if Bufflin doesn't want to come back, or if he does come back and he's he's not in game shape. Um, yeah, that would be the big thing that would worry me is that even if he does come back, if he wasn't skating all summer and stuff, and like he's getting older now, like is even if he does come back, I'm not entirely like the decor still doesn't look good. No, and we said that coming into the year, but I mean it just looks even bad with a, a, yeah. a not in shape Dustin Bufflin or not there at all. And the bigger issue is they can't do anything to fix it because. If Bufflin does come back, they need the cap space. So right now they suspended his contract, so they have some cap space to use. But the problem is, if he comes back and he wants to play, they have to unsuspend that contract. Yeah. So they can't they can't go out and get someone like, and there's not many people you want to get, but they can't even really make a move because they're going to be right up against the cap if Bufflin comes back. Yeah, like not only are they in a crappy spot roster wise, but yeah, they're kind of handcuffed too. Yeah, they are, and I mean, I don't know, like you you hope Bufflin's all good and you want him to figure his stuff out, but. I mean, damn, like, if he hasn't been skating all summer, that seems like someone who kind of had his mind made up all summer. I don't know, like, it, it, it's a bad situation. Yeah, but. it sucks too, because, like, this is your last year of before Morrissey's contract doubles. You, If you're bridging line A after his ELC, ideally you're hoping to do well while he's still on the cheapest years, so the bridge and the ELC and stuff, but 
doesn't look very promising right now. This team has gone from a, a cup contender to a team that I don't even think is going to make the playoffs, or is going to be fighting to make the playoffs. They're going to need big year of Hellebuck if they want to make it. And even if they do make the playoffs, I don't think they're built. They kind of remind me of Toronto, but they have an even worse decor, like a way worse decor now. And their forwards are worse. Yeah, like... They're Toronto, but worse in every way at this point. Yeah. So, um, they're in some trouble. Um, in terms of the deal, I thought the Kyle Connor one was pretty good. Um, yeah, it was... I'm not as high as Connor, as high on Connor as other people, but I still don't think we're going to look back and be like, damn, this Kyle, Con- Kyle Connor contract was a mistake. Even if he's like... Second line or seven by seven isn't the worst thing. Yeah, it's twenty two to twenty nine year old seasons for seven million. Yeah, yeah, I could see him being like a low end first liner. You know, one of those like fiftieth best wingers in the league or whatever. But I don't know. I think it's a fine contract. I think it's a reasonable bet. Uh, I think the line I won this was the only outcome at all ever. Uh, Winnipeg's not want to get going to want to give him big money on a long term, and Line is going to want to prove that he can earn it. So. Uh, two years at a pretty reasonable cap it, I guess. Yeah, ideally. It's maybe a little higher than I would have thought, but. It's one of those things where it's like an RFA deal where ideally the number comes in lower, but also Line A's talented enough to blow $6.7 million out of the water. Yeah, so. I mean, yeah, I think you would have liked it maybe a little lower, but I think if one thing um, with the market being reset, it looks like it has at least been reset for bridge deals. Um in terms of, you know, everyone that we're going to be talking about today took a bridge, or mostly everyone took a bridge deal, and it was a pretty reasonable cap it for the bridge deal, too. Or, But it, it was reasonable, but it was also more than what we've seen in the past, right? Yeah. It's not Nikita Kucherov's four-year, four billion or five million or whatever it was. or Subban's two by three. John Tavares making $5.5 million, right? It's it's not that. It's, uh, it's different than that. Now, I guess this Kyle Connor contract could look like a steal. Like, yeah, five years from now, it could look not, I don't think Kyle Connor is going to be as good as John Tavares, but it could be in that caliber of contract where you're looking back being like, you should fire your agent. This yeah, it's like, how did you make this much money? six years from now with inflation, $7 million probably doesn't look like too much. No, I wouldn't think so. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think the line ideal, um, you know, this was the only outcome. Again, I mean, you, you don't want to bring it all back to Mitch Marner, but Marner is wanting, what, $9 million on a three-year deal? And... I know, like I, you can argue Miner's better in line A. I think line A's better at scoring, but the rest of his game leaves a lot to be desired. So Marner was like a, like it wasn't even remotely close to line A last year. Like he was far and away the better player, but that's also line A. I don't think line A will ever be as bad again as he was last year. So he scored thirty goals and we we're con- at his twenty year old season we we're considering that a down year. So yeah. I mean that shows the talent right there. But yeah, I don't know. I thought it was reasonable for both sides. Um, I think both sides get what exactly what they want, and um, you know, I think in a couple of years, Winnipeg's going to be okay with having to pay him a lot of money if he pops off for fifty and fifty or something like that, or yeah. forty-five and forty-five or whatever, right? And they protect themselves against the fact that maybe he never does drive play. Yeah, because I mean, you know, I mean, I I feel like if he's scoring but not driving play, they're going to be paying for that anyways. But say he scores two thirty more, two thirty goal seasons again this year. And next year, and you gave him a ten million dollar contract for seven or eight years. That's looking not great for you. Yeah. Now he's already. I think he's leading the lead in points right now. He's got like six assists through five games or something like really? that. Yeah. Guy's popping off, but um, it's early in the season, uh, so we'll see where things go. Um, 
But, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought it was a pretty reasonable deal. I didn't think either side really had much to complain about on this one. Yeah, it was, like you said before, it was the only outcome. Like, if Winnipeg was feeling risky, they would have wanted to offer him, like, an 8x8 eight eight and buy low. But there's really no reason for Patrick Line to sign that, so. Yeah, and, um, yeah, I just, I don't, yeah, I don't think Line would have signed that at all. Like, no. two more million for six more years than what he got. Uh, yeah, there's just not much of a reason to do that. Yeah, he's clearly supremely talented. Bet on yourself. Good for him. Yep, I agreed with that. Um, next one, I guess, Mika Rantanen. Uh, I, I don't think we did any of these. I'm pretty sure they broke right after we recorded, but I'm not positive. No, I don't think we did either. If we did, I apologize. You can skip about five minutes, but I don't think we did. Mika Rantanen signed a six-year extension, $9.25 million. Uh, what were your thoughts on this one? Um, I don't, I'm a Leaf fan. I thought the exact same thing as every other <laughs> Leaf fan, basically. It was like, you got to be fucking kidding me, of course. Yeah, um... Yeah, I think compared to the, um, you know, compared to the market, or, you know, it looks good. That being said, I mean, he's still making, you know, what is it, $3 million more than Nathan McKinnon? So, it's like, you could see why the Avs wanted to say, okay, like, our best player is making this much, we don't want you that much over, and, I don't know, it's still a decent amount over. Like, $9 million is no... Nothing to just scoff at, right? Oh, yeah. It's not like he took some pay cut for the team. Like, Miko Rantanen isn't, like, a top 10 right winger in the league or no, anything like, like that. I think he's probably gotten overrated lately. Well, all of his points come on the power play. He's, like, he's not as bad as Phil Kessel is at 5-on-5, five five, but, like, he's been in that kind of the mold of a player, which isn't as valuable as his point totals actually suggest. No, and I mean, like, yeah, you go to uh, Evolving Wild, their album charts, I mean, he's above, he's well above average in Corsi 4 per 60, and I mean, that's not shocking when you're playing on the best line of hockey, and he definitely has a lot to do with that as well. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. You know, he's just, he's slightly above average in the other things, you know, Corsi against, expected goals against, he's a little above average in expected goals 4 per 60, so like... He's a very, very good player, and I, I don't really think this contract's going to turn out that poorly. Um, no, but, it, yeah, I, I think well. that his skill right now is maybe a little overstated. Yeah, like, he's not the even... And, like, he's 22, he still has time, it's not the end of the world or whatever, but he's not the even-strength player that... Like, his point totals make him look better than he is, because he's not actually quite as good as even-strength, as those totals imply. A lot of them come on the power play. Yeah, uh, but, I mean, yeah, I don't know, I, I think this deal... For, for the Avalanche now, you have him locked in for six years. I mean, you still got some space to work with, I believe. You're, you're, I like it from Colorado's perspective a lot. I think it's it was smart to just get him in for six years. Yep. Um, you know, it was the mold of the Mitch Marner one, but less money, and that's great. Like, you got to take advantage of that. Yeah, um, Marner at an AAV discount, basically, yeah. Yep. Um, so, I don't have a ton to say about this. I, I think... Uh, no, I think across the... Like, I didn't see anyone being like, what the hell are the Avs doing with this contract? No, I think... Yeah, I didn't see anyone really parade it as, like, the greatest extension ever either. No, I think that when it got signed, there was a lot of people that said <laughs> LOL Leafs, and one of them was very much me. Um, but I think it was even Leaf fans, too. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I think <clears throat> most people were like, yeah, I mean, this is pretty obvious. We overpaid for a guy, and our guy's very good, at least. Um, but, you know, um, we'll get into their start a little later, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. So, I don't think it needs to be stated how good of a uh, future that the Avs have, but we'll do it anyways. Uh, Rantanen's now locked in for six years. McKinnon, four. Landeskog, two. Kadri, three. Donskoy's got four. 
uh, Comfer's got four. And then on the back end, you got Eric Johnson has four. And then you have uh, Zadorov's up this year. Uh, Gerard has a big extension that's about to kick in, but it's $5 million. Not a bad cap hit at all. And uh, you got your um, rookies up there and Kale McCarr. And Connor Timmons made the team, but has now sent, been sent down. Yeah, but, I mean, bad. he should be up there in the near future, too. This team's going to look real good going forward. Yeah, um, Timmons missed all last year, so it's with, not Yeah, like... with the concussion. It was pretty impressive that he made the team. Um, yeah, so him going down isn't... No, it's not a big deal at all. It's just, and they got Bowen Byram in the minors as well, so yeah. uh, or in the OHL, I guess, but or CHL. Um, but yeah, I don't know. This team is uh, pretty well set. I think this contract helps that. Um, yeah, they have a bright future. Yeah, there's not a ton else to say about it, really. Uh, you know, as bad as that may sound, but uh, a solid deal all around. Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to watching. I'm hoping to watch some more playoff Nate McKinnon this year. Yeah, that should be. I mean, they were just, that line was just, they torched Cal, uh, Calgary. Like, that whole team just skated around Calgary. Yeah, and Calgary wasn't icing bums either. They no, were torching yeah. Giordano's pair, yeah. which isn't easy to do. Um, okay, let's see. What else do we got? We got the, I think that's it for the big RFAs we missed. Uh, Scott Sabrin signed a deal. <laughs> Let's That's not, a big contract Let's right not there. talk about that right now. Uh, Darcy Kemper signed a two-year extension for $4.5 million average AAV. I thought this was a lot of money. Like, he was really good last year, but I thought this was a lot of money. Yeah, this was a weird contract. It's only two years, so, like, it's not one that's going to bite you. But the Coyotes currently have $0 in projected cap space. So, like... I don't know. Like, they don't have many people. They have Vinny Hinnestros up this year with a couple, like, Carl Soderberg's coming off the book. So, they'll be your $4 million right there. The Coyotes just have so many bets on their team that, like, I would shrug off if it was just one. We say this about the Islanders, too, that, like, you can shrug off one of these bets, but, like, all together, they just have a super underwhelming roster. Well, they've for... locked in their core long time, long term, but their core is just, like... Not good? No. Like, it's like, it's yeah, that, bad, could, that could make like, an 8th seed. But, like, this isn't a... For a team that I was really high on about two years ago, I thought they had one of the better-looking cores in the league. Their prospects haven't really panned out quite as they wanted them to. And, like, this team isn't a cup contender anytime soon. No, like, they're capped out, and they look to me like a worse... Remember, like, three years ago when Carolina was, like, interesting and had, like, $21 million in cap space? Yeah. Like, if this team was like that... It but they don't be... have the $21 million in cap space. Yeah, so... Like, yeah, and I don't know, like, their team is... Their team's getting, like, more expensive next year, too. Yeah, and they're not, like, super young. And their forwards are pretty young, but, like, their defense... Ekman Larson's 28 already, Goligoski's 34, Jarmelson's 32, um, Demers is 31, so then you have Chitrin at thir- or 21, Osterl's 27, and you have, uh... I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Capo... Kappa Bianco at 22 years old. So, like, that's an average age of 28 years old on the decor. And all of those, but the last name mentioned, who's 22, is signed for next year. Yeah, like, they're just a weird team. It's kind of irritates me that they get lauded as, like, the analytics team. Because I yeah. don't, like, dislike everything they do, but they certainly don't. Like, it's not like the Hurricanes. Like, everything the Hurricanes do, you go on Twitter and you hear people yelling Tulski yeah. for president basically and then like i don't know they make a lot of moves that confuse the hell out of me i don't know if i've liked any of their signings 
Other than, like, the anti-Ranta one a couple years Loved ago. Loved the Ranta one. But, like... The Chikrin expen- extension not I bad. Liked. Yeah, it was pretty good. The Demers low. one. I think that was a trade. That was a trade. But then you have, like, the OEL one is whatever, I guess. I didn't like the um, Keller one. No, I didn't at all. Like, or, like, you know, like, I thought it was maybe... I thought it was a bet, but I thought it was... You know, it's not a great bet. Same with Nick Schmaltz. Like, Schmaltz one was fine. It's okay, but... Is that really who, like, your core going forward is Nick Schmaltz? Because, like... Yeah, I don't know. Like, that's what it is right now. I thought the Phil Kessel one was fine enough. I Like, I don't know. We're both down on Phil Kessel more than each other, but or on more than most. But I still think Phil Kessel, for a team that needs power play scoring and scoring, if you're bringing in a guy who does that, I think that's okay. But I just, yeah, I don't love a lot of their moves. Yeah. The Kessel one fit the Cheka thing because of... Like I said, the analytics guy. He, apparently, he's a big micro stats guy, and Kessel's micro stats do look better than his like macro level on ice results. So, like, I don't know. Maybe there's something there, but yeah, I don't. My big, yeah, my. I, I guess like yeah, a lot of their moves. Bet on that though, either. No, like, a lot of their trades have been okay. I like their yeah, like the Demers trade. I like bringing in Henestrosa. Like I'm pretty sure I don't. Maybe they signed him as a free agent. I thought they picked Grabner up for cheap, but it might have even just been a free agent. I think it was just a signing. Yeah, um, but yeah, like yeah, a bunch of their trades have been okay. It's just it's just in a real inspiring core. Like no, just there's just nothing to really care about here. No, like I, you see Vancouver and you're like, wow. There's a lot of ugly here, but my God, do I love Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson. Yeah, like Brock Besser and even Bo Horvath. Like, that could be good in a couple years, right? Yeah. Like, that's like, like that could be very good. But this team, it's like, yeah, like, this team's fine. Yeah, like They'll if, probably push for, I imagine they'll push for a playoff spot this year. They might not get it. They might get it. But I don't see them winning around. Yeah, like, if OEL was 21, then, like, maybe they'd have... Yeah. Something to get excited about. Barrett Hayden does look like a great draft pick. Hayden looked really good yesterday. He made his debut last night. And we're recording this on Friday. He looked very good yesterday. Yeah. So, so maybe we look stupid and he is that thing to get excited about. But, like, I don't know. I just don't see a lot here. I think you still need more than that, honestly. Like, if this team's, say, two or three years away from, if you want to say contention or whatever, right? Two years, we'll say. That decor is going to be at average age of 30 by then. So you really need turnover on the decor. Which, yeah. I don't know, like, I think Jarmelson is pretty underrated. I mean, by microstats accounts, he hasn't been very good lately either. Uh, Berkshire was on the PDO cast and was saying that he was str- he struggled a lot last year. Which I find weird because that doesn't really still match up with, uh, you know, the stats we have. The but, macro level stuff. Yeah, but, I mean, even that, like, he's I getting do... to 30 years old. Yeah, he's... He's 32. He's not getting better. No. Well, like, I do wonder with the microstats, I still feel like there's, like, an offensive skew towards them. Yeah, I feel like that could be for just everything. Like, we don't know how to measure defense. No, because that's, like, at the end of the day, defense is still about measuring what doesn't happen. So, yeah. So, like, it, like, everybody seems to think that tracking data is going to save us and everything we might be wrong about right now, we're going to be right about in the future. No. But, like, I don't know. I still feel like defense no, is going to be it'll, hard to pin down. It'll help. Like yeah, being able to help. figure out where like you know pre-puck movement and stuff like that is, it'll definitely help in the offensive zone and in the defensive zone. It'll be trying a... to figure out where the people are to yeah. try and box people out to the outside or whatever and make passes to other places. But nothing's ever going to be perfect. This game is so random, and that's no. the fun of it too. Like, also just the concept of defense itself. Like me and you have both been getting into football stuff recently. Like. Defense is pretty unpredictable in football, too. So, like, no matter how much data you have, there's probably something to, like, 
it's just hard to control what other people do. Yeah, I mean, you don't, you can just do the best, but sometimes they're going to make a beautiful play and you yeah. can't do anything about that, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, so, yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I think that, um, you know, yeah, I think going forward, I am looking forward to the uh, the uh, tracking data. I think it will help, but... They did I'll, say they're not releasing much of it yesterday. Yeah, that doesn't shock me at all. Um, you know, I hope that more and more does get released. Yes, agreed. At CNHL, I'm not holding my breath. But the worst is like, you know what we're gonna get? It's just we're get how like, fast is a player skating at this particular, yeah. or like how hard was this guy's shot? Like, yeah, we're gonna get like the sport logic style stuff where it's like, look, these were the top five mean skating speed, yeah. or like shot velocities. It's like, I'm sure this could be interesting and like valuable, but I have no way of knowing if it's. Yeah, I can't wait for people to be not. arguing shot velocity. Is from one, yeah, as Phil why Kessel this, and X players, why someone's way better than the other players. Yeah, some dude's just got like a 45% <laughs> expected goals. Like, he's just getting filled in, and they're like, look, he's better than, I don't know, who's like a godly play driver. I don't know. You're like Patrice Bergeron because of his, like, shot velocity, velocity or something stupid <laughs> like that. And his peak skating speed. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. that's what I, I hope we don't get, and I'm pretty confident we are going to get, but... Yeah. Yeah, you know that is what we're going to get, and there's going to be people on their couches who are just like, my God, this is the good stuff. Watching <laughs> yeah. it when like the top five shot velocities show up on the broadcast. I would say, yeah, forget people on their couches. There's going to be people on <laughs> Hockey Night in Canada broadcast yeah, going, my true. God, this is the good stuff. I love this stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Want to move on? Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't even remember what we were talking about. <laughs> it was the Arizona Coyotes and just the microstats and other team just... You know, maybe they look better from microstats, but they're not great to our no, eyes. No, promising to me at all. Uh, let's move on to a very solid extension, in my opinion. Alex Dabrinkit. Three years, $6.4 million. You didn't even know this happened. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, we were talking about it before, and Chase goes, wait, Dabrinkit got signed? Yeah, I, I That's how this. quiet this was. Um, this is a very solid signing, in my opinion. Yeah, Dabrinkit was freaking amazing last year. He's one of the most underrated. His play driving isn't great, and part of that's because he's on Buffalo, but he's also positive in expected goals per 60 and Corsi 4 per 60 on Buffalo. Or Buffalo. On Chicago. Uh, Chicago, sorry. Which is pretty impressive for playing on that Chicago team that's not very good. Yeah, and like that encompasses what is age 20 season. So, like, he's. It's not like he was a train wreck defensively either. No, he was slight, very slightly below average. Like, you have to be unbelievably bad defensively for me to actually be worried about your defensive results in your age 20 season when you're as strong offensively as he was. He's thrown up 28 and 41 goals. He's like, I can't remember what he is from that draft class. It's like... If only there was some way to see coming that he had a good shot. No kidding. Or like that he was just a really good player. Yeah, the, guy put up, the guy put up 101 point, 104 and then 101 points in his... T- Two draft years before, <laughs> and still got drafted in the second damn round. That is insane, and it will never not be insane. Yeah. And the, the worst part about it is, like, it's not like one of those, like, revisionist history things where everyone is like, oh, you couldn't, like, everyone now is saying, how did this not happen? Or, like, like Nikita Kucherov is like, how did you not see this guy coming? This guy, everyone on the draft day was yeah. like, this guy is at least a mid-round, a mid-first-round pick. Some people had him talent in the top ten, and for good reason. But, like, I think I didn't know... Dick all about the draft, and I had him like 18th is where I wanted him to go, and then he fell to the 39th <laughs> overall spot because he was small. In 2016, we were still using because he's small as a reason to not draft him, and now he has 
41 and 28 goals in his two years and 76 points last year, 52 the year before. Two points in two games this year. Yeah, well, like, what again? There was, like, some other things. Like, I think his playing style was super weird. There were, like... Well, he played with McDavid for the one year, which, like, fair. There were people actually, like, draft people actually able to ask intelligent <laughs> questions about why he might not work out. But, like, there's a lot of good research by NM Stats on Twitter about you should be risk-seeking, not risk-averse mm-hmm. in the draft. And he would have been, like, the perfect risk-seeking pick at 20, even with question yeah. marks. Yeah, well, and again, I think the people who were like, maybe he won't work out, weren't suggesting he should be a mid-second round pick. No, it was... They were more suggesting maybe he shouldn't be in, like, the top 10 or something like yeah, that. because his point totals. I'm yeah. sure his, like, projected NHLE based just off of his point totals would have had him stupidly high. Yeah, I mean, he had 101 points in 60 games in his draft year. And that was without McDavid, too. Like, he only saw a three-point di- uh, decrease without yeah. McDavid. It was with Strom then, too, though. Yeah, it was. It? So. But, I mean, you look at Strom's turned out. So Yeah, like, the Brink is the better yeah, player. Like, uh, Strom's getting brought into Chicago to revitalize, to have DeBrink it revitalize Strom's career. Too, yeah, but no, I, yeah. But like, that's just the thing. It's just, it never wasn't insane. Every As soon as that pick happened, everyone on Twitter was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. And the, that was when the Blackhawks were still, like, good. good. So it was like, are you fucking kidding me? Why did the Blackhawks yeah. get this guy? Exactly. Um, it's, I don't, like, it's a smart move by Chicago. Smart move by uh, Dabrinka, too. He's betting on the, the new TV deal in a couple years kicking in. He's going to yeah. give a huge Bay Rays then, too. And I think that's fair. Uh, yeah, well, it's probably a good bet to sign shortish term, unless you're going to be getting especially huge on, money. Especially on a team like this, where it's like, they're not going to be good. No, like, I probably wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to lock into no, Chicago I wouldn't, for I wouldn't eight years. Lock myself in for seven or eight years when I know the cap's going up and this team's not good to begin oh, with. God, no. I wouldn't even want to hitch my wagon to Chicago for one year. But no. it's not always that easy to get no. out of town. I guess so. not at all. And I mean, he does seem to be enjoying it there. Uh, he wants to be part of the future. It looks like. I mean, yeah. can you blame him? They gave, they were the team that gave him a shot, and he's killed it since. So yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I didn't have much to say other than just. Hey, remember how damn good this player is. Um, yeah, this just like, did this wasn't a big thing on Twitter much. No, it just kind of happened, and then it was like, oh yeah, this guy's really good. That um, he is, and that was pretty much it. I'm gonna look at the people in his draft. That Matthews was a good draft. Has more. Okay, here's here's the goals. So Matthews and Line A beat him. Matthews and Line A, and that's it. Yeah. He ranks third. In goals, I believe. He's got 70. Oh, no. Uh, Kachuk has 73. So he's fourth in the draft in goals. And in, I forgot. You, Levy, went five in this draft. Yep. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of And Nylander went eighth. Like Alex Nylander. The good one. Yeah, the good one. <laughs> there was a lot. Of, this was a pretty good draft, too. Not 2015 level, obviously. But Sergachev was in it. Kachuk. Dubois, Line, Matthews, like the top of it. McAvoy was in it as well. I met Logan Stanley's dad last Friday. Oh, really? Speaking of this draft. Yeah, he's with Dave at the CT. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Did you tell him his kid's a bust? No, I didn't. I, Dave introduced me to him, and he just said, like, whatever the guy's name was, Stanley. I didn't think anything of it. And I knew he lives around here, like my uncle works for him and yeah, stuff well, like Logan that. Yeah, Logan Stanley played with Waterloo, right? Yeah. So then he pulled out his phone, and there's just this really tall dude holding the Memorial Cup with Stanley on the back of his jersey as a background. I was like, oh, that's that's why. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We're way off topic now. He was fourth of that... Uh, Fourth in scoring or in uh, goals, and I think probably 
fourth in points as well, 130 points. To Chuck's probably, or to Dubois might have him beat too, but. No, Dubois got 110. Okay, so. Yeah, he's uh, he's fourth in points total. Uh, I don't I don't have much to say other than just, damn, how is NHL team still doing this? But, uh, yeah, uh, let's move on to, do we have another signing? Yeah, Braden Shen. Um, thoughts on this one? You remember when Tom Wilson signed his contract after the Caps won the Cup and everybody was like, what the fuck are you doing? And Caps fans were like, it's cool, we just won the Cup. Yeah. This kind of reminded me of that. Yeah. Uh, yep. I think it clear. it's clear that they don't really care about four or five years from now. They just want to uh, go for it again in the next couple years here. Uh, you can debate if that's good or not. I think it's fine, but I don't know. It's This contract's not going to look good in a couple of years, that's for sure. No, their odds of winning a cup from 2021 on probably went down because of this contract, but their odds of winning the cup in the next two years probably went up a little. Yeah. Um, the, re- the the AAV is reasonable. Reasonable, sorry. Yeah, it's cheap enough that it, and that it doesn't look like it's ever going to kill you. And like... Braden Shen has been a really, really good player in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he's a huge part of the Cup team, and even last or two years ago, he was very good. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I'm dying here. Good. Yeah, uh, it's probably at least like a million less that he would have got on the open market. I think. Oh, at least I would see no reason why he'd be a year removed from his ring or whatever. But why this like. 50 to 60 point guy wouldn't get the Duchesne-ish contract. He'd get like the Hayes contract, but he also has a ring, so there'd be a premium on that. Yeah, somewhere between the Hayes and Duchesne sort of deal. Like he would make way, he would do better than this on the open market. But yeah, eight years. It kind of, it really looks like the Falk thing too, where it's just like they don't really care about right now. They're going to get a little bit of a discount from the open market for the first couple years, and they're going to pay for it in years four, five, six, seven. Have we talked about the whole Falk trade and all that? I think we did. Because I like this better than the Falk deal. I think Shen's a better yes, player. Yes, me too. Uh, if we, when did the Falk thing happen? We must have. It was. It happened on the twenty fourth. So yeah, we definitely okay, did because so we, we record on like the twenty sixth. So okay, but yeah, like the killer with the Shen deal doesn't kick in until next year. Yeah, twenty eight. Yeah, doesn't kick in until he's twenty nine. Eight years. Yeah, it's not. This is gonna hurt him in a couple years. That's for sure. Yeah, because the pushback to deals like these is always people are like, "Yeah, well, everyone on hockey Twitter thinks that every contract extension is bad." It's like, well, how many good eight-year extensions are handed out to twenty-nine-year-olds? No, they're very few. Like, yeah, like a Bergeron, Datsuk, and uh, Thornton deal at yeah. eight years would have looked good when they were twenty-nine. But like, and like most of these deals look like trash sooner rather than later yeah and the issue is for a lot of the teams is they give it to guys that they don't need to give it to yeah now shen is a better player than like he's not in the milan lucic bucket of player or anything like that no it's what would worry me is it took him a really long time to figure it out so maybe like he's just got something good in st louis or whatever but like yeah, it's not like he was this amazing play driver from his age twenty to no, well, like he was twenty six like season a cap dump almost going to St. Louis. Yeah, like not quite to that extent. Well, he was more. He was just did they a, send a did they send a first with him? I don't know what they sent over in the trade. Room, now let me check this because I know he was almost a cap dump. Yeah, it was not much. He was one of those classic guys who's like 
puts up points on a power play that has Claude Giroux on it, and that was like his only calling card. Range. Oh, is Yuri Letera goes back to the St. Louis Blues for a 27th pick? Oh, okay, so they gave up a first. Never mind for Letera. Right, it was a cap. Sorry, it was a cap dump the other way. Okay, so it was Morgan Frost, which geez, that look would look good now, but so did Braden Jen. Uh, Morgan Frost, Yuri Letera, and a conditional first round in 2018. Jeez, so it was two second rounders or two first rounders? Okay, never mind. That trade isn't. I mean, it's still good because they won a cup with them, but that trade is not as great as I thought. It was Philly that got the benefit of it. Yeah. I, for some reason, I thought Philly shipped him off as a cap dump, but no, it was the other way around. Yorio Latero was the cap dump. Yeah, obviously they won the cup. They take yes. the trade again or whatever, but yeah, I don't know. It's not like Chen. Like, he's been really good. It probably speaks to the system St. Louis has been running. Yeah. They've had success, obviously, but... There was also some stuff on... Um, how he might age well because of how he uh, is skated, how he skates as well, which I can put a little bit of stock into, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I, even if you mitigate the age curve by like a couple years, it's um, it's not going to look good. Any yeah. almost any eight year deal to not an elite player is not going to look good by the end of it. Even yeah. some like I don't think Eric Carlson's deal is going to look great, but good by the end of it. Yeah, like even good. Yeah, exactly. Even it takes a special kind of player yeah. to look good at. 35 and it takes luck sometimes too like like that's like sometimes it's not even because you see the really special kind of players just die out but then sometimes you know they find a way to you know like Zdeno Chara for example yeah when he was 29 he wasn't like he was very very good but he wasn't like this like no one was looking at him as like this guy who's yeah I could see him playing for another 15 years or yeah something like exactly that. but he adjusted his game and like you know he didn't have too many severe injuries or anything like that and all of that's led to good long-term health. Yep. Um, and he's just still plugging along at 65 or whatever he is. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Do you want to get to an old guy, I guess, speaking of a- aging? Uh, sure. Patrick Marlowe signed a one-year league minimum deal with the San Jose Sharks, who went full panic mode after starting the year 0-4. Uh, he scored two goals last night against Chicago, I and uh, the Sharks had their first win of the season. So Leafs legend Patrick Marlowe. Okay, here's a question for you before we even get into the signing. Okay. Because he missed the first four games of the season but wasn't under contract, is his Iron Man streak still going? Yep. No, sorry. No, no. His Iron Man streak isn't still going, but yet everyone still says it is. Yeah, it's not. Still you going. can't miss four games of a season and then be like, "Well, like I get his non-injury Iron Man, but like that's not an Iron Man streak." Yeah. Or like if it was, what was the issue with scratching him last year then for the Leafs? Yeah. Because the big thing last year was like, "Oh, this guy hasn't missed a game in whatever many games. You can't scratch him because that'll kill his Iron Man streak." If he doesn't have a contract, he misses four games of the year. You can't call that as an Iron Man streak still because he he didn't play the games. Like, I don't care that he didn't have a chance to. He didn't play the games. Yeah, because, like, the whole point of the Iron Man streak is, like... Consecutive games in like, a year. you're so tough, Eight, you yeah. don't don't get hurt or whatever. But it's like, congrats, you were... You couldn't... You literally... You couldn't Literally could roster. not be on the ice because, yeah. yeah, you couldn't find a roster, so you, you couldn't get hurt. Yeah, yeah, good job. The Iron Man streak is not going. It is over. I don't know. No. Tweet us what you guys think, I guess. But uh, well, I think it's done. But this is also such a little thing that doesn't matter. But <laughs> no, it doesn't matter at all. It's still like a heartwarming contract, more than like a yeah. hockey deal. I think yeah, for sure. Is... Now, my issue for San Jose is they had him. On, I mean, it worked for last night, but they had him on the first line. Uh, that shouldn't be happening. Yeah, I was told only Mike Babcock was stupid <laughs> enough to play Patrick Marlowe on the first line or big minutes, but 
Uh, yeah, he played first line last night. I mean, he had two goals, but I uh, don't expect that every night, I wouldn't think. So. No, he was really bad last year, and I don't see a reason why 40-year-old Patrick Marlowe would find the fountain of youth or anything like that. Now it's a league minimum contract and stuff. Yeah, so. I mean, if you plug him in on your fourth line, he scores 10 to 12 goals. I mean, that's for $700,000. That's good value. Yeah, he can but. be whatever he is at this point, like a third or fourth liner, maybe play on your second unit power play. Yeah, yeah, like, probably second unit power play. I, would, I would hope not your first unit power play if you're trying to be a contender. No, I would highly doubt it. I mean, especially because it's not like San Jose is lacking on talent no. up front. You know, Couture, Kane, Meyer, Hurdle, Thornton. Jumbo. And then, and then you got and Burns Carlson. and Carlson on the D. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's it's a fine... It's $700,000. Like, it's not going to hurt them at all. But the thing is, he also can't play goaltending or goalie. And no, he cannot play goalie. That is the the team's problem, and it's not really the scoring; it is the goaltending. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what Sam. I'm personally hoping that they suck and Ottawa gets a lottery pick, like it was the scenario for Ottawa last year. But Micah Blake McCarthy, you seen Micah Blake McCarthy's model? It has Ottawa's 13 percent to get a top three pick, I think. Yeah, and San Jose is already like. Well above fifty percent projected for sadness, which is like missing the playoffs and, and not, not having yeah. top five. So yeah. it's pretty much he's fit their fifty percent projected to miss the playoffs because they yeah. can't have a top five pick. It's they physically can't. Yeah, and that's because um, his projections lean really heavily into goaltending. Yeah, um, which obviously the Sharks are going to look like trash if you're taking Martin Jones's past performance and trying to project how they're going to do going forward. Yeah, uh, I don't even know how he's doing this year. I mean, it's too small to. It's gonna. 4.5 goals against average and a 0.854 save percentage. The worst part is that save percentage, not that much worse than last year's total year yeah. for the percentage. Um, God, they're in trouble. He had an 898 in the playoffs, too, when they went to the third round. Yeah. it's This team would win a cup if they just had a goaltender, which is weird to say because they made it to the cup final because of Martin Jones and then locked yeah. him in. Like, he was amazing that cup run. Yeah, he, he had that one big run. He was a good backup in L.A. Too, yeah, like he was a fine bet, correctly. and then he was amazing for the cup run, and then they're like, okay, this is our guy. We're extending him long-term, and he was like, even two years ago, he was like at least kind of below, just slightly below average, but he was like in the range where he was like the 25th, 24th best starter. Yeah, I think he was one of those guys who, when you adjusted for shot quality, started to look worse, but it wasn't like... Well, yeah, like, I, yeah, I, I feel bad. like it's been overrated about how bad he was to begin. Because, like, even, I don't know, like, I like um, Ryan Lambert. Like, I, I agree with a lot of his takes. And his take, even last year, was that, you know, the year before that was, he was a league average goaltender, maybe a little less than that, and that's all he needed to be. So if he could bounce back to that this year, they'll be fine. And he is... Looked way worse than that because last year I don't even think he was a league starter. Like I'd have to look into it a little more, but it would shock me if he was even like I don't either thirty. I'm not even sure you have to say starter. I don't even know if he was a replacement level goalie last year. He was bad, dude. Like he was horrible. And that team was so good. Yeah, I mean, like that team was like Tampa West, not to the extent of like the high end talent, but that team was Tampa West. Like Carolina was shooting talent. Yeah. West. Like or they were more shooting talent. Anyways. If they had a goaltender, and I mean I think Vasilevsky is a little overrated, but Vasilevsky can come up and make big, not, not big saves. Any saves a big save, but I mean like he will bail teams out when they give up a three on one and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Like he'll make the like really good save, and that's why you know Vasilevsky is like a top ten goaltender. He just might not be like the best goaltender. Yeah, like at worst he's 
eighth, averageish. Like, yeah, like I would, I would have him about seventh or eighth, probably. Yeah. Whereas Martin Jones was, he was like forty, fifty, sixty. Yeah, like he was (laughs) just really, really bad. He was horrible last year. Um, and I don't really know why that would get much better. I don't. I don't know. Just some regression of the mean. I'm sure it'll get a little bit better, but it's Maybe, not like but... you should be penciling him in to be like a top 15 goalie in the league no, or anything yeah. like that. Like maybe it'll get better to the point where it's like he could be a good backup. Yeah, like but... he was so bad last year that it'd be worrisome. But, I don't know. They got Patrick Marlowe, so. They're good. They're going to wake up. <laughs> um, I don't even know how long we're recording. We're using the new recording software program today. I upgraded my computer last night. Uh, so I could play a game on Steam and okay. uh, the Total War Medieval Two, oh, and then okay. also I got Civilization Six. Um, but then, so I guess the Audacity app that we use to record doesn't take. Uh, it's like Mac fi- uh, fourteen point something or fifteen point something, and Audacity doesn't support that. So that's what you get for having a Mac. Yeah, I say I don't know if we got a if there's gonna be an update coming or what. So we're trying to use GarageBand and GarageBand doesn't have minutes that it's recording it just has not seconds either because there's no way this is one set unless oh maybe it's going by two i don't think we're on 12 23 right now and i don't i don't think it's seconds because it it looks like it's going too slow to be a second yeah and there's no way we've been here for 12 minutes no so well even like you're such a university white person. You got GarageBand going for, on your Mac with a, for, for a podcast with your friend um, in your friend's mother's basement. Yeah, and there's like, like there's no way we've only been recording for twenty minutes. It's probably been closer to like forty something, but yeah. whatever. Uh, do you want to just hit a couple of the real quick topics for to start the year here? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, let's do Leafs struggling. The Leafs, they, I, okay, I think they've looked fine. I think there's been a couple like. They let up seven to Tampa last night as we're recording this. Not great, but Tampa also scored like more than six goals in over twenty five percent of their games last year. Yeah, maybe it's a Tampa's a very very good offensive team too. Like, I don't know. And then so the biggest one obviously was blowing the four three goal lead to the Habs in about ten minutes again. Um, yeah, that was bad. There's no but like their underlying numbers I think have been fine. Yeah, they've been perfectly solid. Show me a team. That would look good, given an 874 save percentage from their starter and an 894 from their backup, and that will be the greatest skating team of all time. Yeah. No team will look good with that kind of goaltending. Like, they're 2-2-1, two, two, and one, and the, the sky is falling down. Yeah, it's I'm like, not even kidding. Like, when I say that, like, the sky is falling down in Toronto right now. Yeah, and, pe- like, people are at Marner's throat and stuff yeah, like so, that. Yeah, like, so we can get in the Marner and Tavares stuff. Tavares named captain. Doesn't have a primary point through his first four. I don't... Did he have one last night? I didn't watch the game last night. I don't know if... I don't think... I, I'll check the game score. Um, Marner had one primary point through the first four games, and, like, both of them combined for, like, what? Three points? Yeah, they weren't looking good. Their underlying numbers aren't great either, if I remember correctly. The The big thing has been to take Kapanen off that line, and I think that could be a thing, but at the same time, your two guys making a combined... 21 or 22 million dollars should probably be more at blame than the third liner that is making three million dollars oh 100 percent. although i will say like zach hyman is a dude that by every sort of like isolated measure is a really really good play driver and he's out now and everybody's like wow i can't believe they got worse without hyman it's like maybe we should have had a little faith in the fact that every line this guy gets put on works and every sort of fancy measure of his isolated impact is overwhelmingly positive that 
maybe Zach Hyman does actually contribute to the line. Oh, Tavares scored last night at even strength. So Tavares is up to one goal. Miner had a secondary power play assist. Uh, yes, to the Hyman thing, yeah, for sure. I, I think even if you don't want, like, let's go with the non-stats route for a second. Hyman's like, you watch him, and he's the guy who goes and digs the puck out, and that's what they need on a line like this for sure. Yeah, he fills a pretty clear role. Yeah, and it's effective role too. I mean, I think there's arguments to be made that, you know, like I think him playing alongside Matthews or whatever for the entire time wasn't necessary. That um, line worked really well too, though. It did, but like when you put someone else on that line, it worked just as fine as well, yeah. right? So, but I think it's clear that on a line with Tavares and Marner right now that Maybe they do need someone with a little more. And it doesn't even need to be um, Zach Hyman, so to speak, right now. Like, put Trevor Moore up there. Or even, like, if you get a few more games of sampling, you really like what you're seeing out of, uh, what's his name, Ilya Mikheyev. You could try him up on that line, too. And, and put Captain on the third line with uh, Kerfoot and, uh, I don't know who else would be on that third line. Who goes on the third line with Captain? And if you demote him, depends on who comes Yeah, so, yeah, and then the other of Moore or Mikheyev, right? So... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Just maybe try and switch it up. But at the same time, it's been five games. Yeah, I don't hate... Like, of all the things we're going to rip on Babcock for, he does seem to, when he gets a line combination, stick with it for a while. What? And I like that. Because would, nothing would piss me off more as a player than getting, like... What are you getting, that like, a five-game sample? Like, 48 yeah. minutes so have five-on-five five together? Here's my thing with the Leafs fans all, all year. All year. Because this is we didn't get in the Spezza stuff. We were going to do that last week and we didn't record. It's the same with the Spezza stuff. He, they have no fucking reason to give him the opening night start. Could you have? Sure. Like, I will buy into the little that, you know, you want to create a good locker room presence and maybe that doesn't do it. Or, you know, down in the fu- in the future, maybe players see how Babcock treats a veteran like Spezza and they go, why would I want to sign cheap there? But at the same time, all of these Twitter had been bitching for years that Ty goes to the veteran in Babcock's book. Oh, and suddenly, Ty doesn't go to the veteran. And everyone is losing their mind because Jason Spezza, a guy who hasn't been very good the past two years, isn't playing in the opening night lineup. Yeah, the worst part, like, people love to rip on the Leafs, like, center of the universe stuff, which I, I think is kind of overblown as a Leafs fan. Maybe I'm just biased or whatever. But, like, he's been out of Ottawa for five years now. Yeah. He has played the Ottawa Senators both in Ottawa and not in Ottawa before. But the game wasn't even in Ottawa. They're like, this is like his homecoming. It's, yeah. like, no, it's not. Yeah. He left Ottawa in 2013-14. Yeah, so and then people are like, well, he's in front of his home crowd. Who cares? There's 41 games in front of a home crowd in I... the home season. And guess what? He's now in the lineup full-time. Because yeah. last night was the same roster that they played against St. Louis a couple nights earlier. Like, I, okay, like... Yeah, I understand. The only argument I will understand is that going for you know, you don't want a coach that just has his mind made up right away no matter what, and that, you know, you want a good locker room presence, and, you like, you want morale to be up, and things like that could hurt morale overall, or going forward, people could see, like, I don't want to be treated like that. But at the same time, you cannot complain about Ty going to the veteran for three years and then say, wow, how did the Ty not go to the veteran here? You just can't, and it's, it's the same with this. People complained, rightfully complained last year when um, Dermot and, or no, sorry, uh, Muzzin and Riley got split up, right? So after like a game. After two games and one yeah. bad game between them, they got split up and um, Hainsey came right back up. Well, guess what? You can't complain now that Kapanen and the Kapanen line hasn't had a good four or five games. Yeah, and the other thing, like, they were so good last year, they're we're always probably going to be underwhelming. 
Yeah, I mean, this has been incredibly underwhelming, but like... Like, it shouldn't... You probably shouldn't have projected this, but like... There's still 2-2-1. Two, two, and one. Why would you... If you can get that line going, why wouldn't you just try it for another game or two? You know, yeah, say, like, by like, say by like game 8 or whatever, game 9, Marner still doesn't have like more than a goal at 5v5, and Tavares has like three points. Yeah, then Sure, you switch someone up, or you try it for half a game and see what it does. But like... I don't hate... Like, we have enough evidence at this point. We can say pretty comfortably Kasperi Kapanen's a top six forward, right? Yeah, like... Le- then if you're it. just like, I want to bet on my top six forward to figure things out, who's playing a new position, I'm going to leave him there? Yeah. That's a perfectly reasonable bet to me. Like, it doesn't... Yeah, my... If you switch him or not, it doesn't matter. No. Like, it's fine. But my thing is just people... You can't say Babcock's a bad coach because he switches off of stuff too early, and then when he doesn't switch off of this thing too early, go, wow, he's such a bad coach because he's not switching this. Yeah. Right? Like, there's issues with Mike Babcock. Absolutely there's issues. There's plenty. But him doing the exact same thing you said he should be doing for two years and then you getting mad at him for doing the said thing is not an issue. I'm sorry. It's not an issue. Like, I, I, man... I don't know. What I did love was all the tweets of people absolutely losing their mind over Cody Cece last night. Welcome to the Cody Cece years, guys. <laughs> the Cody Cece experience is here, baby. My timeline was full in the first three games of people going, Hey, Cody Cece doesn't actually look that bad through the preseason. Cody Cece looks pretty good. And people, I literally had three different people ask me, What time does Cody Cece actually start to look bad? And I said, Just you wait. Oh, baby, it's here. Sens fans were just loving it last like, night. Every yeah. everyone tried to tell him because, like, no, no Sens fan was like, I don't know, like I've seen I've seen my fair share of Sens fans going, oh yeah, Nikita Zaitsev's looked okay, but like, no Sens fan was like, maybe Nikita Zaitsev <laughs> is actually good. He just needs a different position. Where Toronto was doing that, and it was like, sure, his numbers are going to be a little better, but they were so bad in Ottawa that it's like even a little better is like third pair defense. I'm still on the fence where it's like. If you used him as a third-pair role where he can jump up into the rush and be an extra body and try and use his pass... Like, he had a nice pass to Nylander the other night. If you let him do that on a sheltered third-pair, he would probably be an NHL defenseman. He should not be taking shutdown minutes on the top four. No, well, that was the thing. Like, the thing Cody Cece was always worst at was defense. And so he was a junior. <laughs> he was drafted as a guy who had over point per game in junior. Like, yeah. So, like, coming... At, like... Okay, his numbers will probably look better than they did on Ottawa by the end of the season, but, like, his biggest problem was defensive deficiencies. It's not like the Leafs have this system that's going to make sure he's insulated. No. And, I mean, and that's the thing, right? Like, yes, naturally a team that ranked, I think it was, like, 20... No, maybe 30th in Corsi and, I think, 20th in expected goals last year is going to be better than a team that... Or is going to be... Your numbers are going to be better on a team that ranked, like, 7th in Corsi and... Seventh in expected yeah. goals or whatever it was last year, and Morgan Riley's his partner. I don't know Cody Ceci's history that well. I assume that's the best partner he's ever had. Oh yeah, well, other than playing with Carlson for like from time to time. But that's a righty righty pair yeah. that like. Um, yeah. yeah, no, Morgan Riley for like last year he played with Lajoie, who is now in the minors. He got double Dion for a while. Dion for the the prime two years there, which was just a disaster. I will not hear any different. <laughs> Uh, I don't even know. Did they part. have a good on ice save percentage? Yeah, they did. Everybody they was did. like, "Look at this shutdown pair." The playoffs. Anderson had a nine fifty while they were on the ice. They probably had like a forty percent expected yeah, goals or something like they that. They were like, "Man, this team is the reason they're shutting down the opposing team's top." Like that Bergeron line had an expected goals rate of sixty five to seventy percent <laughs> in the series, and they're like, "Man, look at how Dion and Cece are shutting this line down." Yeah. Like, I just yeah, no, it was 
this is definitely his best par- partner, and so his numbers are going to go up. But yeah, shocker, he sucks. He has one of the worst defensive awareness I've ever <laughs> fucking seen in my entire goddamn life. He's so bad, and I feel bad because the guy seems like a genuinely nice dude. But yeah, on the sure ice, he, he has just guy, been but... so misused, and he is so bad. And I just don't understand how we're on, like, year five of this, and on a second team where it's like, oh, maybe we can fix him. No, you can't. All right, fun theoretical question that actually makes me want to die inside. How many good games in a row does Cody Cece have to have before we have a referendum on analytics? <sighs> like, let's say... We're 10 games into the season. He's rocking like a 52% Corsi. Is no, it, is it no. already start, started on Twitter? Oh, oh yes, yeah. probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I mean, like us. But no, no, on Twitter. Like, if he's even 49% this year, I think people are like, yes, yeah, he's not actually that bad. I think that's what he was sitting at right now. Yeah. And I saw his like raw numbers got posted. And shocker, they go up when you go from the Sens to Toronto. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and that's kind of where like, you know, you don't. You shouldn't put too much weight into like relative numbers, but that's kind of where relative numbers can help too, right? It's yeah. like, yeah, this guy's a fifty-one percent possession player, but he's also way negative compared to every other person on his team. Maybe it's his team being a little better in terms of Corsi than him. Yeah. Right. So, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I tried to tell you. I tried to tell you guys, but uh, it's it, it, it. I. Sens Twitter was just having a... Sens Ottawa lost last night. I mean, no one really cares. Ottawa had 9,000 people show up to their second home game of the year. That's a tough 9, one. 9,200 was, was reported. So it was probably closer it to 8,000. Well, but And no one cared because everyone was just dunking on the Leafs because there were so many tweets like, man, this Riley CC Barry yeah. needs to be split up. They're atrocious in their own end. The best was... Uh... Travis Yost, a neutral observer. Somebody on Leafs Twitter was like, my God, they need to break up Riley CC." And Yost was like, no, don't do that. It's half the reason I'm watching this game. And like, it's so... I don't I, I'm loving it. Like, personally, I'm I'm all it. in on the CC adventure. <laughs> it's probably not a good thing for the team, but... No, it's I, not. It's going to be funny. If, if they else. put him as the third pair when Dermot comes back, sure, but... They're not going to do no, that. Gonna I've do seen that. people talking about, like how that would be a good thing and yes it probably would be but we were just defending Babcock earlier there is not a chance in hell Mike Babcock's gonna take Travis Dermott on his just coming back from injury and be like yeah you're playing the right but side yeah, top pair all side. yeah no I, hope, I think if you're a Leaf fan you hope he works himself into minutes like that or like top four minutes by the end of the year but again even that I don't have a ton of faith but we'll, should, we'll see oh, let's get to Carolina Hurricanes best team in the world baby they, are. Uh, they have like just dominated this year. They uh, just they held Tampa to without a shot for an entire they, period. Yeah, they Tampa had Tampa two Tampa. shots in forty five minutes to end the game. Two yeah. shots. All hail the Corsi Kings. <laughs> uh, they're four and zero right now. Um, Jordan Martin nukes out for six to eight weeks, but uh, I really hope they be okay with that. Um, yeah, this team. Uh, Obviously, they're not going to stay this good for... Like, I don't even know what their expected goals are. It's, pro- it's literally probably like 65% or something like that. Or yeah, it's probably stupid. Uh, but, hey, this team is uh, seems exactly who they thought they were in terms of controlling play. They're going to be a very good team controlling play. Their question is in net. So far, they've been so good it hasn't mattered. Like, I don't even know what Mrazic's save percentage is. But, like, it's been so good it, it doesn't matter right now. Let's check this. He's rocking. Oh, God. An 878 right now. And they like are 4-0 and oh and have absolutely dominated every team yeah. they've played. And, oh, I should mention in the, um, what 
game did... Oh, against Florida, Reimer played. He stopped 47 of 50 shots or something, or 49 of 52 shots. Yeah, Reimer's game. got a 940 right now. Yeah, so. he was rocking in that game. That was the game. But, I mean, even that game, like, you could probably blame score effects for a decent amount of it because Carolina was up 6 nothing after, like, the second... Yeah. Midway through the second. And but. that gets to the point where, like... We can we have like a pretty reasonable estimate of what the score effects of like a one goal lead are, but like yeah. six goal leads are so rare in the yeah. NHL that well, it's like it's you know, it was like just... yeah, you know that a team that shot fifty two times but lost by four goals probably wasn't the best team on the ice yeah. that night. It was especially when six of the goals came to start the game and it was against you, right? Yeah. So it yeah. does amuse me uh, in football now. Now that I'm getting into this, I always see the thing about. Running the football? Yeah, yep. like every team the, with a 100-yard rusher wins like 70% yeah. of the games, and people are like, see, running backs matter, you idiots. Yeah, Meanwhile, it's, it's the same way some team has like a 45% Corsi because they had a three-goal lead in the first I period. I didn't like, realize the direct comparisons to <laughs> hockey analytics and football analytics. It's, it's like, hilarious. They're like in the same spot. Like I don't know how far the data is in football compared to hockey, but like, in terms of trying to convince the general public, it's pretty close. <laughs> it's now, alarmingly simple. The difference is um, PFF, which is a pretty big uh, stats, like one of the biggest stat things for football, yeah. has like like an international scope because uh, Chris Collinsworth and on the uh, the Sunday night broadcast is like partners with them, and he uses their data all the time. It would essentially be like if Sport Logic was more public facing. It would be for hockey. It would be like if Sport Logic was more public facing and. Pierre Maguire used Sport Logic all the yeah. time during the NBC broadcast, like or uh, Hockey Night in Canada yeah. used Sport Logic, right? Like it'd kind of be like that. And Hockey Night in Canada's getting to that point where, like, sometimes they'll have, uh, you know, that Corsica's goal saved above average was on the broadcast. Yeah. The other you day. see Micah's heat maps creep on, yeah, TV exactly, and stuff like that too. Or like some Sport Logic stuff does get on. Like it'll be like, yeah, we use this from the Sport Logic stuff. But it's not to that point in is in football. But yeah, the direct comparisons to football and hockey analytics in terms of trying to convince people why they're good is like eerily similar. Oh, it it makes me laugh seeing a lot of it. I see my other favorites when have you even played football? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah, oh, you that's... clearly haven't played the games. Like yeah. no, I have never played a down of football in my entire life. Yeah. But I can tell you that. When good when teams have the lead, they're running the ball to run out the clock. So teams who run who have the lead more are gonna run more. Yeah, it happens way more than I expected. Where like something happens in football analytics, and the argument it's like, my God, you could just replace Corsi with running backs <laughs> yeah. or something like that. It's the exact same thing. Yeah. Um, a couple more. Well, we'll do a real quick a uh, few more uh, hockey talk ho- hockey topics before we end. Edmonton Oilers going to the Cup, baby. James they, Neal, Rocker James Richard Neal. winner. So I want to get into the trade thing because I don't know if you heard the soundbite from Eric Francis. Oh, God, yeah. Um, but I want to just get into the Oilers right now. James Neal has seven goals through four games, and the Oilers are 4-0. and They, I don't know, I haven't watched a ton of their games. I don't think they've looked horrible playing, but, like, obviously this isn't sustainable. James Neal's not going to shoot at 60% or whatever it is all year. But I think this, like... Not for the whole year, but this is what people are talking about. Well, the Oilers aren't that hard to fix. You just need to find yeah. competent wingers to play with McDavid and Dreisaitl. Now, that being said, the Oilers and Ducks are top of the Pacific, and the Wings and Sabres are top of yes. the Atlantic. It's, We're it's clearly early. in the upside yes. down it's, right now. It's early. It's four games. You can't say anything. But my point is more just like, imagine if the if the Oilers found like Ryan Dezingle at $2.5 million, who's fast, could play with McDavid and has a little bit of shooting talent. Yeah. 
it was it's that easy to make a kind of fix. And obviously it's not that easy because you need the players to come to your team. You need the cap space to be able to do it, and they don't exactly have that right now. But it's still, like, man. It's theoretically easy. If it, it should be easier than what they've made it and playing with the wings that they have. Yeah. Like, sitting behind the mic right now, we can lay the blueprint out very easily. Yes, and it's a harder to execute, obviously. Yeah. But the fact that they barely <coughs> executed anything of what we've said is, I think... And I'm not blaming this on Ken Holland. He got put in a shit yeah. position. But, I don't know. I think um, it was... Who was it? It was John McIndoe on the Puck Soup podcast this past week. He had a really good quote. He said, he doesn't let GMs off the hook for this cap... Uh, the the cap hit... Or the cap uh, ceiling as much as other people do. Because... In reality, it's not that hard to get around it. No, people get people find creative ways around it yeah. all the time. Well, it's like the Leafs are spending like ninety-five million dollars right now. Yeah, like, like if if you're looking for, or like if you're looking for, so what they were talking about was San Jose, for example. Um, Jimmy Howard again makes all the sense in the world to go there. Yeah. But the thing was, oh, they don't have cap space, so what do you expect their GM to do? And he goes, well, no, 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 no. If you send Aaron Dell back the other way. And then you'd obviously the problem would be trying to figure out what goes on top of that prospects and picks, but because they don't have many. But it's like if you send Aaron Dell back the other way, and the wings retain on half of Howard's salary, you just need to find a hundred thousand dollars yeah. to make up for in cap space. Yeah, like you just got to be a little creative. Yeah. So I don't know. I um... now the problem was though, like as good as James Neal's been. Bringing in the league leader and goals is great and all, but when you give up the league leader and penalty minutes to do it, <laughs> yeah, so we can't be confident that's a good thing. Here's the other thing. So Eric Francis has already said, uh, and I mean, Cal, I we rip on Edmonton media, and rightfully so, but Calgary media is going to bat for this trade right now. They are underrated bad as well. And I don't, like, there's some, like, Eric Francis is horrible, but there's a couple people <laughs> in that market is like, well, even if the Oilers make the playoffs, we can't judge the trade just yet. I was like... This is literally the Lucic and then Hall for Larson stuff from it's Edmonton two years ago. So openly shilling for the team. Yeah, like so. Eric Francis was on Sportsnet, like on the broadcast, and he pretty much said he had a radio hit or not a radio hit. Like he was literally on the post game stuff, and he goes, "Yeah, well, it's great that James Neal is uh, leading the league in goals. Uh, it, that's great, and awesome, and all. But that wasn't going to happen here. What was going to happen here is, uh, or he was like, that was never going to happen here. He never had the motivation. You know, that just wasn't ever going to happen." Uh, Lucic is leading in a category of his own. And then he goes, that's penalty minutes and fights. He's like, Lucic is doing exactly what this team needs him to do. He's got 26 penalty minutes or whatever, and that leads the league already. I was like, how are we comparing this? It's 2019. Yeah. And then he wrote an article about it the next day, too, pretty much being like, both teams have won this trade so far. It's like, no. One team has... One guy has as many goals as he had last year in four games, and the other guy has sat in the box for half of his playing time. Yeah, my favorite, like, low-hanging fruit that analytics is kind of engulfed is just including, like, penalty differential. Just, like, the simplest concept that taking penalties is a bad thing. Yeah. And actually, like, including that into rating players. Well, like, hold, hold on now. Hold on. When you take a penalty, you might be more likely to get one later on the game. So should true. you take a penalty? So you should be t- if you have a good power play, your team should be taking penalties on purpose constantly. I don't even remember who that was. I was like, was it maybe Travis Yost? I don't know. I've seen it from a bunch yeah, of places. I don't know. It's a fine idea, but no, because like, NHL refing is so unpredictable that you can't bet on that. Yeah, it's like fun in theory, but I'm just so blatantly against any uh, strategy that's like, 
let's go do something that brings our winning percentage down a well, whole bunch. The argument about that is like that's the same thing as an empty net. It's like when you pull the goalie, your winning percentage goes down because you have an empty net, but also the percentage that you need, like it improves your percentage to score, right? Well, so that was the direct comparison that they were trying to make. That's a rough one. Well, like the problem with that is your probability of getting scored on goes up, but the expected loss of a goal against is hardly anything, whereas the expected gain of scoring is massive. You tie the game yeah. then, right? So like, yeah, yeah I don't know. Uh, back to the Calgary <laughs> thing. They're pushing just as hard as the Edmonton media was. Yeah. And, uh, that needs to be called out, and it has been called out on Twitter. Pretty. Yeah, people hate Eric Francis. Oh, he sucks. He, he was the one who was openly shilling for the, the mayor of Calgary to just give the team to what they the wanted. Team. It was like, this team's going to move, this team's going to move. Like And like it was like, he did a whole article about how Calgary shouldn't vote for Nenshi because he's bad. It was like, are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah, and like... We obviously don't really get political on this podcast. One political statement I'll stand behind is public funding of arenas is really fucking stupid. And Eric Francis was pushing very heavily for that. Yeah, like, like, especially whole, like, 100, because he was pushing for, like, 80% public funding. which And they got, like, $600 million or something, which is a lot of money. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's stupid. I don't think, like, the billionaire should be paying for the new arenas that they're making the 100% of profit on. Yeah. Um, yes, it creates job for the city. Not for that long, and being an usher for the arena isn't that great. I'm the, sorry. The big thing is, though, it's it, it doesn't actually do what people think. So, like, intuitively, you'd think, like, having the Toronto Maple Leafs in Toronto brings in a ton of money or whatever because people are going to Leaf games. People from We Live in Elmira and like the Waterloo area drive to lease games logically you'd think that brings in a ton of money the problem is it's been shown that like it doesn't actually bring money in as much as it just moves money yeah so like the money was already like it's not that public teams make the city a ton of money they wouldn't otherwise no. make it's just that the money gets moved to a different area yes because so like it's not because e- people are going to do something else with their money like, yeah it's not like people in Toronto are just like yeah I guess I'm just going to sit on my hands for three hours tonight or what like yeah no exactly um yeah. like intuitively it would make sense if it brought in a ton of money but empirically it just doesn't no so. and i mean like even like you say oh well it brings in the money for construction it's like okay that's great until the construction's done then they don't need anything for yeah 20 years or whatever right and yeah and, and so it's uh, well let's we're, we're done with public funding i don't want to get into <laughs> yeah. this um do you have anything else to say on this year as a whole uh, I'm trying to think of any other teams. We got to the Sharks. Buffalo's a big one. Yeah, Buffalo's been pretty solid. I mean, they're top of the East right now. They've looked good. Like, the scoring depth has actually helped. Shocker. Um, yeah, and their uh, underlying numbers have been fantastic. Olofsson's looked really good. Yeah. Um, that's, that's really encouraging. Like, they need that. They need a guy like that to try and break out and become another guy who's like, so you can have Eichel. You can have Reinhardt and you have Olsen and then Skinner in there if you want to. But the young three. Yeah. That's so important. Um, yeah, like, they just, like, Eichel's clearly good or whatever. They just need players underneath him. Yes, and they did do that, that or at least started to help do that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Other than that, like, I don't have a ton to say. Caps have looked decent as well. I mean, Penguins two, one, and two. Already. Hmm? Penguins. Oh, yeah, Penguins are screwed. Um, <sighs> I might have to get my uh, Sidney Crosby should be the Hart Trophy favorite campaign starting early this year. Uh, yeah, if this team even it's close to making the playoffs, it's going to be because of it. Probably, Malkin yeah. out. I guess we didn't even talk about that. Malkin out. 
uh, Galchenyuk out, Hornquist out, Bukestad out, and these are all like, well, Buke says day-to-day, but the other three are on IR right now. And uh, you have nine defensemen on the NHL roster right now. Yeah, well, at least one of them is Jack Johnson. So you have eight defensemen and an AHL defenseman on the NHL roster right now. <laughs> Maybe a couple more. I don't even know who the depth guys are that they have. Good Branson's in there and all that good stuff. Uh, yeah. No. The roster's starting to look like vintage Pittsburgh, where it was like, Malkin's not there, obviously, but it, there was a while where it was just like Sidney Crosby and... <laughs> the, boy. and like, the boys. Like, yeah. Yeah. The Devils are 0-2, or 0-2-2, I think. Yeah, 0-2-2 to start the year. They haven't won yet. Uh, they gave up a bad lead against Winnipeg, where they were up four nothing and choked it. Yeah, I was. Tough. Um, I don't know. This team is—they're going to get some wins eventually, obviously. But Hughes I, has struggled. Yeah, we, I think we both said that this team wasn't a playoff team, but they were going to be better than last year. I uh, think we had them on like or they're, they're in the like bubble, bubble-ish. but like yeah, like I don't. know. My thing was this: it was that them and the Rangers were both just had overrated off seasons. Yeah, they made their team way better. They also missed the playoffs by twenty something points. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. Hughes has got to be better if they want to make the playoffs, but it's early. Uh, you can't draw too many conclusions from this. It's just interesting to see what happens in the first week of the season. Should have drafted Vili Helena. True. Um, other than that, uh, do you have anything else to add? Uh, not really. I have no idea how long this was because I don't have a process of time right it now. It was 2063.4. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, we will be back next Friday, I'm assuming, uh, after this week, my schedule finally clears up. Uh, midterms have been going on this week and next week, so I am in the midst of it right now. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at NHL Sends and stuff. I will be gifting every, or gifting, 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 every Sends game this year, or everyone that I can anyway. You are a gif guy, not a gif guy, right? I, I say gif, but I know it's gif. It is? It's, it's gif. Okay, yeah. But I, I always say gif off habit. But, okay. Or on habit. But, like yeah. ironically? Or like you actually... Well, like I just say it and then I go, no, that's not what it's okay. called. But like, I just kind of, I used to say it and then I just never, I never Fair. switched. I think this is probably one of the most non-hockey episodes we've ever had. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm getting into football a lot. Oh lately, yeah, it's, so expect it's football more season. Um, no, uh, thanks everyone for listening though. You can find my work at uh, lastwordonhockey.com. Uh, I have multiple articles going out every week now. Uh, you find Chase at CMHockey66, me at NHL Sends and stuff, and we will see you all next week.